Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning and welcome to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach. We have a big message stenciled on the wall as you enter our back office that says, choose to be extraordinary. What does that mean exactly? Well, depending on your role within the firm, it can mean something different for each individual. But what EIG wants to communicate is that it's up to each employee to make a conscious, intentional choice to be extraordinary to be exceptional, to choose to do whatever we need to do to have a positive outcome, right? Whether that's with a client or with a fellow employee or in our personal lives. We should go above and beyond. We should go the extra mile. As Dr. Wayne Dyer used to say, it's lonely along the extra mile. Why? Because not too many people go there. So what does it take for an organization to be extraordinary, whether that's a, a for-profit or a nonprofit, What happens if an organization is less than stellar? How do you measure that? Is there a place that will recognize if you stand out as being a great organization or conversely make it known to others if an organization struggles and is less than ordinary, extraordinary? Well, actually there is, and it's called the Better Business Bureau. I thought the BBB was a place to formalize a complaint against a company, which it is, but it's so much more than that. The BBB is a nonprofit corporation comprised of over 100 independent local organizations that report to a governing council and offers reports on more than 4 million businesses, including traditional and e-commerce and nonprofits. They monitor and report the trustworthiness of businesses, and they track scams and frauds that may affect consumers. They provide good consumer information so that we can all make intelligent buying decisions, and they seek to improve trust between consumers and businesses by encouraging businesses to adhere to good codes of conduct. So joining us today to tell us more about the BBB is Jim Temmer, President and CEO. Welcome to the show today, Jim. I'm so happy to be here, Jill. And we're happy to have you. Um, I bet it's, it's I'm not alone in not totally understanding all the ways that the BBB helps businesses, both, again, for-profit and non-profit. But before we get into that, tell us what brought you specifically to the BBB. Well, our BBB, too, covers the state of Wisconsin. You mentioned there, there are 100 BBBs or so. We are fortunate, I think, that our borders are the state's borders. And I'm a Wisconsinite. I was born here, and I've run over the past 25 years nonprofits, ranging from museums uh, to the Milwaukee Bar Association. And I've been with the BBB for four years now. And what attracted me to this position was the mission. I've always worked at strong, mission-driven nonprofits. And our mission here at the BBB um, is extraordinary. And to help everyone statewide, all 72 counties, businesses, consumers, um, our reach really is to the state borders and beyond. So the actual mission of the BBB serving Wisconsin, which is how you refer to yourselves, mm -hmm. right? Um, what is your actual mission statement then? Well, our mission is to be the leader in advancing marketplace trust. Okay, marketplace trust. What exactly is that? Do you want to elaborate on that for you a bit? You bet. And you know, these days, trust is something that we lack in our society. Institutions, you look at survey after survey, and the idea of trust in our society is almost at an all-time low. That's so, unfortunate. Oh, my goodness. Isn't it, though? Uh, that's I mean, sad. If you can't trust, what, what happens next? So we take even more pride in our mission now that we're trying to increase trust anywhere in our society. And our focus is on the marketplace. So we want buyers and sellers to actually be able to trust each other. 
Um, hundred years ago, you lived in a small town. You knew who the butcher was. You knew the who you know people doing business down the street, and they knew you. So right. it's a lot easier to trust. So what we do, I think, in today's society is we try and make this entire marketplace, this state, almost give it a small town feel where you can come to us for information and find out about a business. And it's like you're getting that from a friend. So you know, can I trust this business? I'm having this electrician come into my house, my house, and deal with things that could either fix it or could hurt it. So the only thing you really have to rely on is trust, and you can come to us to build that trust. Well, and we all know that people like to do business with people they trust, of course. right? You know, people they like, people right. they trust, people they can count on. So that's really important. Um, so then what makes the BBB a leader in advancing that marketplace trust? Well, we advance marketplace trust in various ways. Uh, we set standards, first of all, for an ethical marketplace. Um, we report on accredited and non-accredited businesses. And like you said, throughout the country, we've got over 4 million reports. We call out and address substandard marketplace behavior. This is how most people have seen us on TV or the radio talking about scams or bad businesses, and everyone needs to be prevented from wasting their money. Uh, we celebrate marketplace role models. We provide information about fraud and scams, warnings, and we work closely with state, local, and federal law enforcement agencies actually to help uh, stop some of these scams and frauds that are going on. And I think, uh, as I mentioned in the beginning, I'm probably not alone that most people associate the BBB with that type of thing. You're right. You know, or complaints. With, you know, yeah, usually yeah. we're traditionally the hammer. You know, you, you're talking to someone, <laughs> you say, you better watch out or I'm going to call the BBB, right? Right, right. And we know we can go there to say, you know, let's look into this organization. Right. And, and, and that's still important. It's an important part of our business. We probably have roughly ten to 15,000 complaints that we process every year. So those wow. are on businesses, and we follow up, and we make sure that the business and the individual communicate. We can't guarantee that either side is going to be happy, but what we guarantee is that they'll communicate back and forth and that they'll come to some type of resolution. Now compare that 10,000 or so with about 1.5 million Wisconsinites use our services to get information on businesses. Mm. So um, even though the complaints are important, what we really do is provide this information to help people make great buying decisions. Okay. Well, you had mentioned before accredited businesses. What, mm -hmm. is, what does that actually mean? What's that about? Well, for a business to become accredited, they have to have at least a B on our scale of grading from A through F. And you surely don't ever want to do business with an F. Um, <laughs> I don't want to do business with a C. No, come on, right? I want the A's and the B's. Yeah. Well, come to us and you'll find them. <laughs> and we ask businesses if they will abide by eight standards. Number one, they need to build trust, which means establish and maintain a positive track record in the marketplace. They need to advertise honestly, tell the truth, be transparent, honor their promises, be responsive, safeguard privacy, and embody integrity. Now, I can guarantee you not one of those things would raise an eyebrow with our accredited businesses. And I think any business owner out there would want to stand by these standards, mm. and any consumer would want to do businesses that face these accreditation standards as well. Absolutely. Well, that kind of gets into the idea of best practices. You know, how, how does the BBB encourage and support best practices with consumers and businesses? Well, with accredited businesses, we do research every year. And if anyone wants to be accredited, we research that. We look into all sorts of things. And this accreditation standard is so important. And, you know, we do charge for accreditation. That's our sole source of revenue. Even though it says bureau in our name, we're not part of the, part of the government. Um, it could be our largest 
accredited business, and if they fail to respond to a complaint, they will be revoked. Uh, We take our standards very seriously. We are a standards-based organization. We also try and educate not only our members, but all businesses on topics such as cybersecurity or accounting practices, HR practices that are changing all the time. Um, You know, how to use social media. There's so many things that businesses need to become better. And And do you offer these seminars or events in your office in West Dallas? Yes, some are in our office, some are webinars, some are online. Uh, Sometimes we go throughout the state and we offer events. Also, our accredited businesses sometimes like to have people come in and see their facilities, so we'll do events at accredited businesses as well. Okay. Um, So as much as we are having a consumer focus with complaints and other things, we take our name very seriously and want to build businesses up. We don't want to see ourselves as the... Uh, business police. We aren't out there to play gotcha. We're out there to make every business meet all of these eight great standards that we have. Mm. Well, and um, calling out substandard marketplace behavior, what we talked about before, that's what I thought you were most Mm -hmm. well known for. And that's certainly a part of what you do, but not the major as you talked about. But stay with us if you want to learn how the BBB celebrates and honors marketplace role models and their excellence. More to come in a moment. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Jim Temmer, president and CEO of the Better Business Bureau, serving Wisconsin. Okay, so we now understand that you can call out those organizations that are substandard. Uh, and you offer ways for organizations to learn how to be a leader in the marketplace. But you also celebrate and honor marketplace role models. How is that done? Well, Jill, every year our BBB has a Torch Award ceremony. And we take in applications throughout the year. And we really want to find those organizations that follow best practices as far as integrity and trust. And I know that Ellen Becker is very familiar with our Torch Awards, being that you are a three-time winner. Yes, we actually are a three-time recipient, 05, 10, and 2016. And I think we are the only ones that have been three-time recipients. So that's, we're very proud of that. That's right. And what we do is we have, uh, actually, it's a pretty involved process to complete an application. And that in and of itself is basically an ethical self-study for businesses. So you could be a one-person shop up to a business that has over a 1,000 employees, and we break it up into various segments. And we have an outside panel of academia, business professionals, and they look at all of the submissions that we get. And you aren't necessarily competing against another applicant. It's almost like golf, where you set par And for us, that means this is the standard. This is the high standard that businesses should reach. And if multiple uh, people, multiple businesses go past that standard, they will receive a torch award from us. And it's a luncheon. It's a great event. We usually have 400 or so people at it in the spring each year. Uh, For more information, you can just contact us at bbb.org or do a Google search for BBB Wisconsin. And we also instituted a few years ago a Spark Award. And this is for entrepreneurs or new businesses. And it's not quite as involved as the Blown Out Torch Award is, but it still really wants to show these new businesses, these new entrepreneurs, the importance of integrity and ethics in the marketplace. And there are some outstanding entrepreneurs in Wisconsin. We all know this. And great new businesses. The other element of our awards luncheon is we 
highlight and give out 10 $2,500 scholarships to Wisconsin students. They're usually from throughout the state, all congressional districts. A few key points is that they have to be attending a college in Wisconsin because we want these great students to stay here. We don't want to support all these wonderful students and have them move to, you know, Michigan or South Dakota or right, something. Right, right. So, um, <laughs> South Dakota hate, yeah. yeah. We so, don't want them going there. <laughs> so what we do, and, and we support two-year colleges as well, because, you know, a lot of tradespeople, great people go to two-year schools. And we look at grades and look at all the scores and letters of recommendation, but the number one thing that carries the most weight are individual students' responses to a question about their personal integrity and what does it mean. Because at the BBB, we do all of these things to foster high integrity in individuals in our state. And we believe if we start that in the classroom, they'll take it all the way to the boardroom. Mm. Well, I think it's wonderful that people know that those um, recognitions exist because it's something they can strive for. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's wonderful. And so we've got the the Torch Award for Business Ethics and Integrity. You have the Spark Awards, and you have scholarships. That's uh, right. Celebrating and honoring role models, which is wonderful. But, okay, so we all know that not all businesses in the state adhere to those standards, though, mm-hmm. right? That's right. And uh, we mentioned earlier most people know us from kind of scam education. So we do a lot with media across the state and across the nation to get the word out to protect people. We have a, a, a tool on our website called Scam Tracker. And again, you just Google, Google BBB Scam Tracker and it'll come up. And it's an interactive heat map that shows what scams are going on in any area, any zip code. You can scroll right down to your own neighborhood or say you have an elderly relative that lives in Florida and you can see what's happening. So if there's a door-to-door scam going on or people are calling about an IRS scam, you can let your friend or relative know. And everything that we have done has proven that education is the number one way to avoid being scammed. So if you are aware of something, you are not going to fall for it. And this is um, a crowdsourcing technique. If someone is scammed or just an attempted scam, go to Scam Tracker, enter that information in. So this is a community-based effort at protecting your own neighbors, at protecting your own friends or people you don't even know. You enter that information, someone's going to see it, and it's going to stop a, a scam from happening. And billions, billions of dollars in our country are lost in scams every year. And this ties back to everything else we do because those billions of dollars are dollars that are taken out of the legitimate economy and given to crooks. And most of these crooks are overseas. So it's just taken out of our economy. Uh, Bad feelings. It's really horrendous. And the FBI, it's difficult to track all these things. And we hear about it all the time, about gift cards. Again, who hasn't been called with the IRS scam? Or there's an insidious grandparent scam where people will call and pretend to be someone's grandchild and that they need help. They're in the hospital or in prison overseas and they need some help. And I even know someone whose grandma got a call like this because her husband uh, recently died. And in the obituary, it lists the names of the grandchildren. So scammers will look at obituaries to scam people with. And the stories like this, you know, just make your blood boil. Yeah, who does that kind of thing? I mean, I'm not naive to know it, do- it doesn't exist because we've we've had it with within our home as mm-hmm. well. But I just think, you know, these people have too much time on their hands to be, you know, right. to keep getting or, involved with something like that. You know, That's just a shame. Romance scams. We've had people lose their entire life savings because they, they fall for one of these romance scams. And uh, they're all across the board. So use this scam tracker. It's a tool to be used. And we take the information and we work with law enforcement. Uh, but 
the number one way, I'll repeat it because it's important, for people to avoid being scammed is to inform themselves. Absolutely. And if you yeah. have uh, an elderly relative or a friend, call them, let them know. Because the other way that scams happen is if no one talks about it. Because people feel very self-conscious. Right. If they've been scammed, they, they don't the want to talk one. about it. And they yeah. aren't. It's something that needs to get out in the open. And if you think someone's being taken advantage of, by gosh, talk to them about it. Yeah. And there are sources. If you lose money, you can call the police. Uh, you can contact us for any kind of scam information. And we've got staff available to talk to groups. If you want to you know, any of these uh, topics we've discussed today, we're more than happy to come out because really our mission, all of our business members, uh, we are out there to help the public to increase trust. So we point out the good, we point out the bad. We really want to give the most information and power to consumers to make great choices with their own money. And again, the scam tracker is available nationwide. So That's if right. I have, you know, my mother-in-law lives in Florida, so I could call her up or, you know, she doesn't use the internet, I can go on the internet and yep. look to see in her zip code. And that's perfect, said. right? If she doesn't use the computer, you go on there and you can look at that and it, you see everything that's been entered there, how much money has been lost, if anything, or what scams are going on all over the country. And North America actually goes up into Canada and I think parts of Mexico as well. Mm, what a great resource. Um, lots of things we covered today, Jim. Um, what do you want the audience to take away from the interview, what do you think is the most important thing to leave with the audience? Well, we are a nonprofit at the BBB. We're not part of the government. We don't, um, you know, get money from really grants or other sources. But what we do is we have our accredited businesses, which again is very important and it's standard based. And when they pass those standards, I mean, there is a fee for that, and that's our only real revenue source. So accreditation is great for businesses. It's great for consumers because you can have a list of who to use. You know, people always say, Jim, who's the best plumber in town? I say, I can't tell you who the best plumber is, but I can tell you a bunch of plumbers you can trust. Mm. And then from there, you know, get your estimates, do whatever you want to do. But again, that idea of trust, and we can give you that umbrella, that that's going to cover that relationship. But those accredited businesses also help out our community by allowing the BBB to get out there and stop scammers and to educate senior citizens and school kids and everybody else. So accredited businesses help themselves, they help consumers, and through us, they really help the entire community. So accreditation, if anyone is out there, um, please contact us. Uh, the Torch Awards, Spark Awards, all these things we talked about, you can call our office, you can contact us at any time. We're more than happy or you want someone to come out and talk because we are all about educating consumers, businesses, and the general community. Wonderful. Well, if someone wants to uh, reach out, can you give us the phone number and then also maybe the uh, website? You bet. Our number here in Milwaukee is 414-847-6000. And we have an 800 number if you're out of the area at 1-800-273-1002. And the easiest thing is our, uh, our web address, bbb.org. Well, that's simple. That's nice when it's easy. <laughs> you don't have to remember a, a major uh, website. Uh, well, thank you, Jim, for being here today, and thank you for all you do for businesses and consumers. We appreciate it. Oh, it's it. my pleasure to talk to your audience, have this opportunity, and again, to work with such a great business. 
Wonderful. Well, Jim obviously has a lot of experience helping people and organizations be the best they can be. I bet your phone rings off the hook asking for, <laughs> you know, suggestions. But he used to be the executive director of the Milwaukee Bar Association and was very involved in the development of our next nonprofit organization. So stick around to hear how a local Milwaukee nonprofit is helping people navigate the civil legal system. We'll be right back after this commercial break. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker. My next guest is Mary Ferwerda, who is the Executive Director of the Milwaukee Justice Center. Welcome, Mary, and thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much, Jill. I'm really excited to be here today. Well, tell us, Mary, why are you so passionate about the Milwaukee Justice Center? I feel so lucky to be able to do this work. Um, In my mid-30s, I decided to change my entire career and attend law school. And when I did so, I knew that I wanted to do something with that where I was more engaged in the Milwaukee community and um, seeing what opportunities were out there to make our community a better place. Um, And actually, at the time that I started law school, the Milwaukee Justice Center didn't even exist. Um, So I feel lucky that my own path brought me there. Um, It was shortly after I graduated, uh, well, pardon me, while I was in law school, I was very involved with public interest organizations and the Marquette Volunteer Legal Clinics in particular. Um, The Volunteer Legal Clinics allowed students to really get some hands-on work Um, understanding civil legal issues here in Milwaukee, working with lawyers, seeing how they're problem-solving things, and um, um, and, and working working across the city. After I graduated, I actually received a call from a colleague who said that there was a new position being started at the Milwaukee Justice Center to begin a mobile legal clinic, and was I interested in that? And I jumped at that opportunity. I was so excited. It seemed like the perfect fit for me. And I'm grateful that when I had an opportunity to meet Jim Temmer, that he thought I was also a really good fit. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the best decisions I ever made. <laughs> there <laughs> thanks, you go. Jim. I think it's impressive that in your mid 30s you went back to law school. Yeah, thanks. It's never too late, right? That's what I thought. Well, I thought um, my actual mantra to myself was, "I'm going to turn 40 no matter what, and I can turn 40 <laughs> with a law degree or not." There you go. And, and um, going back to school later, I was also just really motivated. I approached school differently. I had a vision of where I was hoping to be and um, and and found found it to be really enjoyable. Well, and again, we talk about people using their passion for a purpose, and it really sounds like you're you're doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you found your passion, and you were able to match that with an organization that that yeah. can use that passion effectively. I'm, I moved to Milwaukee in 2001, and I was going to stay here for only a couple of years, and I fell in love with the city. And I feel now that the work I get to do allows me to be engaged in both the wonderful things that are happening in the city and the opportunities for growth and care that we need to provide to our our neighbors. Mm. Well, the Milwaukee Justice Center is the self-help center in the courthouse. You know, what what do you do for people then? Mm -hmm. Right. We are the self-help civil legal aid center in the courthouse. One of the things that is really exciting about who we are is a very unique and um, important set of partnerships that have come together to create the Milwaukee Justice Center. Ten years ago, we just celebrated our 10th year, 10 years ago, um, the Milwaukee Bar Association, the 
Milwaukee County Clerk of Courts and Marquette Law School all came together to look at what was becoming a strong problem in the court system. People were unable to afford attorneys in a number of different areas and were coming together, uh, were creating lots of challenges for them. It was difficult for themselves. It was challenging for the court system. It was challenging for other lawyers. And these three organizations came together to look at what would be possible to provide some assistance for people who were representing themselves to make the system smoother all across the board. We now offer, after 10 years, we have four distinct services that we offer. One of them, volunteers work with people to complete forms to file in family court. So people might be needing a divorce or they want to change current family court orders like child support or placement orders or they want to enforce their orders. And we have volunteers who help people navigate those forms and the filing process in the Milwaukee County Courthouse. We host the Marquette Volunteer Legal Clinics every day in some fashion. Volunteer lawyers are paired with law students giving brief legal advice and information on civil legal cases. We take those services out into the community on our mobile legal clinic. That goes and pairs with community agencies, libraries, organizations to provide um, legal services out in the neighborhoods. It's important to pair with those trusted organizations that people know so that we're not um, just rolling up into a community where no one knows us, mm -hmm. but pairing together um, with organizations that people know. And then finally, we have a small dispute resolution program that helps parents sit down together and talk through issues of child support and custody and placement. And that's a partnership with the Milwaukee County Child Support Services as well. Wow. So there's, there's a whole host of different things that you do. Um, you know, we understand why, you know, the, there's an, it exists. Um, you know, don't people have a right to an attorney in our justice system? So, you know, yeah. we, we want to make sure that there's a place that they can go uh, and be paired with someone. Well, I think most people understand and have heard the phrases, you have a right to an attorney, and if you can't afford one, one will be appointed to you. Um, that does not apply in the civil legal system. Okay. So it, that right to an attorney only attaches when um, people may be subject to um, incarceration of some kind, generally. But in cases like family law, landlord-tenant, debtor issues, car accidents, small claims, probates, uh, deed transfers, wills, all host of things, there's no right to an attorney. But all of those cases really can have some outstanding consequences for people in their lives. Yeah. You might be, not be able to see your children. You might lose your home. You might not understand the inheritance process. Um, there's all kinds of things that happen. And there is no right to an attorney. So can you imagine having a major problem in your life and being forced to go into court on your own to figure it out? I'm a lawyer. I'm a trained lawyer. And sometimes that scares me to think about having to walk into court on an issue um, even though I don't do it, it it's, it's scary. Yeah. I can't imagine how people do it without any legal training and legal knowledge to walk into court. So, so that's where what we do is try to help those folks gain some knowledge, gain some resources, a better understanding of what's happening, of what their options are. So as they do go forward representing themselves, they're more confident. So if someone, um, and again, maybe I'm not the only one that thinks this, but when you think about litigation, you mm -hmm. think expensive. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, to hire an attorney and to litigate the process is is expensive. So if someone is saying they and I don't mean to to downplay it, but if they have something that maybe is not maybe some of the things that you mentioned, mm -hmm. um, can they they be paired up with an attorney just to help them better understand 
uh, how they can go in and speak on their own behalf. I mean, that's what you're talking about, right? So there's cost reasons why people may want to reach out to you, but also... You know, the, the, from from the standpoint of gaining knowledge, mm-hmm. I think one of the most valuable services our volunteer attorneys in the market volunteer legal clinics offer is an assessment of whether or not someone has merit in their case. Okay. Sometimes um, people want to sue because it feels like the right thing to do. It's the principle of the thing, but that may not be the right approach. It may not work for them, and then they that person might be in no better position when they began. And so the lawyers will talk through what's necessary to um, to win that kind of lawsuit. Okay. And if there is merit, provide some good referral information. Okay. Well, you talked a little bit about pro bono. You mentioned that term. You know, what about legal aid organizations mm-hmm. and these pro bono attorneys? Yeah, there are wonderful legal aid organizations in our community. Um, they do amazing work and they provide full representation for no cost. And in um, some nonprofit legal services do l- low cost services. But those organizations can only serve a fraction of the people who are in need of those services. There are sometimes eligibility requirements that people wouldn't qualify for services. But even those who qualify, there's just not enough staff and time to serve everyone who is in need. And didn't you say, uh, we had a a talk prior to this interview, um, aren't we kind of different than our neighbors? Mm -hmm. You know, our neighbors are sitting in a little bit better position in that regard. Yeah. Well, one thing to know is um, on a national national scale, about 70% of civil cases, not criminal cases, civil cases have at least one person who is representing themselves. That's a much higher percentage in family law cases. That is reflected in Wisconsin for sure. One of the things that's different in Wisconsin, however, is we rank um, among the lowest among all the states in terms of civil funding, state funding for civil legal aid. Uh, Wisconsin provides in the biennium budget about a million dollars, and that is funding for organizations to help victims of domestic violence. Definitely a worthy group of people who need assistance in the legal system. Our neighbor, Minnesota, for example, um, I believe in the most recent budget uh, provided $7 million for oh. civil legal aid. $7 million. $7 million. So that's a much wow. different okay. percentage. Yeah. yeah, there's a little disparity there, I yeah. would say. Um, one of the things that makes you Wisconsin unique as well um, across the state is that there are few resources available to some of the more rural counties. Okay. And that can be really challenging in our state. So what what might be the solution? I mean, how do we get to where Minnesota is? Mm-hmm. Well, that would require some changes um, with um, the legislature and and how budgeting is happening Um, and more lawyers who are willing to spend time in rural communities, which doesn't always always happen. Okay. Well, lawyers in Wisconsin, you had mentioned to me again, are, are encouraged to do at least 50 hours of pro bono work each year, and many do more than that. You know, is it enough to meet the need of civil legal cases in our state? Stay with us to find out more. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and Mary Furwerda, Executive Director of the Milwaukee Justice Center, and Jim Temer stuck around uh, to help us from the BBB. Uh, they're joining me in the studio today. So, so if there are 
a lot of Wisconsin attorneys doing more than the encouraged 50 hours of pro bono work each year. Is that enough to meet the need? Mm-hmm. Well, that that 50-hour requirement is just a suggestion. So there are some lawyers who definitely do more than that every year. We are so grateful that a number of them um, join us at the Milwaukee Justice Center. And then there are some who don't do any pro bono as well. The other issue is that um, there are not necessarily enough lawyers in the state of Wisconsin to help all of the people who are in need. Sometimes when people are looking at their civil legal issue, they may not realize they have an issue. Um, they might have more than one issue. Often one problem turns into another problem into another problem. Lawyers um, have a special um, training and knowledge of how to help people through difficult times. It really is a helping profession. We've not often talked about it. Um, there are many opportunities for the lawyers to share their knowledge, work with people. Um, out on our mobile legal clinic, in fact, um, there were one time we were working with, um, a, a, we were working at um, a church that was hosting a um, breakfast for the community, the homeless community in their neighborhood, actually. And a gentleman had come in, and um, he was facing um, an eviction. He was unable to pay his rent. He had had a head injury as being um, as a result of being in the military service. He also had a child support order that he hadn't been paying because he didn't have a job and um, couldn't couldn't pay his rent. And so he had multiple things all stacked up. And the volunteer lawyer working with him was able to um, kind of piece out everything that was happening and manu- um, write up some materials to help him deal with his landlord, um, approach the child support office, approach the other parent, and understand that because he was receiving benefits as a result of a disability, um, that child support order should be stopped and lowered, um, lowered and stopped. And so he was able to, um, that lawyer was able to help that gentleman maneuver through two different really complicated systems to be able to stay in his home and deal with the child support um, arrears that were building. What a perfect example of all the different ways that you can help somebody who is who is in need. Mm-hmm. Um, again, civil specifically versus criminal. Right, right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there are probably people out there that are saying, you know, what a great cause. You know, the Milwaukee Justice Center does a lot of really wonderful things. Um, how can we help or how can we be a part of that? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll chime in here, Jill, if you don't mind. I am not a lawyer. Um, I worked for lawyers. And as we put the Justice Center together, we wanted to make sure that well-minded members of the community could help in many ways. One, of course, there's always funding that's necessary, and you can contact the Milwaukee Bar Association for any donations, but also volunteering. I, I went down and volunteered, and you see people that need assistance, and it makes thinking about the law or thinking about problems, one thing, but when you see it, it's another. You see people coming in really with nowhere to go, nowhere to turn, and they're facing, as Mary said earlier, you're gonna lose your house, you're gonna be thrown out of your apartment, your family's breaking up, you're getting a divorce, your children. Some of the most important things in your life are up for grabs and you really don't know where to go and where to turn. So I could help people fill forms out, and you wouldn't, there are people that, are illiterate that walk in the door. There are people that are just so upset or they're frustrated they can't think too straight. And you can help them do a lot of things and then everything of course is passed by attorneys and shown to attorneys for approvals because they're the ones that have to do that. 
but you're just helping people. Where should I go? What do I need to do? What should happen next? And you learn very quickly that the individuals that come into a place like the Milwaukee Justice Center don't deserve help because they're grateful. They don't deserve help because they're kind to you. They don't deserve help because it makes the volunteer feel good. They deserve help because they're human beings. And we need, those of us who can help, need to help. Because when you see that kind of pain in our society and there's something that we can do to help, that's the necessity. And it's not on them to thank us or, or whatever it is. It's just a necessity that we need to pick up and we need to carry forward. So everybody can do something. I mean, whether it's, like you said, Jim, filling out, helping somebody fill out forms. Mm-hmm. I mean, many people can do that. So, so you don't have to have a, a JD degree to volunteer is what I'm hearing. Not at all. We have over, we are so lucky. We have over 400 people who volunteer with us every year in our, in our different services. We serve over 10,000 people every year in our different services in Milwaukee County. Um, People who are, um, we have a number of undergraduate students, um, law students, community members, paralegal students, folks like Jim, who come in to help in our family forms assistance. The only requirement is that you have compassion and care for people and that you can talk to people um, and help them feel comfortable and um, safe in in our space there. Um, If you are a lawyer, we are always welcoming volunteer attorneys in our Marquette Volunteer Legal Clinics and on the Mobile Legal Clinic. And we also welcome people who have been trained in dispute resolution to be a part of our parenting conferences program, um, who can sit down and help people in crisis talk um, talk through what's going on and help them come to an agreement. The um, the really wonderful thing about our volunteers, I will say, myself, my legal director, Kyla, when we started as volunteers ourselves in the Justice Center, we didn't know anything at all. We walked in those doors with just a care for wanting to be there. And now we run the place. And so we say that to our volunteers whenever they walk in because they're nervous. It's an unusual um, situation. They're feeling uncomfortable with um, some of the legal language and things like that. And you don't need to know anything. You just need to have a heart for compassion and heart for people. We will help you. We are there. We will be trained. And I think that hits a number of people out there. You know, you think about people who are involved with nonprofits, and it's because they have a heart to serve, Mm -hmm. right? So uh, again, what you're saying is no matter what your your passion is or how you want to help, there is a place for you to help absolutely at the Milwaukee Justice Center. So absolutely. you know how um, uh, I know we certainly do it here, but there are organizations that are looking to have some type of volunteer opportunity where they can come down as a corporation and provide help. Mm-hmm. Do you have anybody doing that? Well, we are very lucky that a number of Milwaukee area law firms um, have actually staffed the Marquette Volunteer Legal Clinics on a regular basis. So they have committed to certain days and times, and they send their volunteers. We don't do that scheduling. They just bring them there, which is wonderful. Sometimes they are partners in the law firm, and sometimes they are brand-new associates, and everyone works together to help problem-solve and see all the people in need. What is available to you? Um, people have uh, the folks who help sounds really cool yeah Um, well you definitely can reach out to me and um, and we would be able to talk about how we can do that Um, you can reach me um, by email 
um, my email is mary dot and then it's my last name f e r w e r d a at w i courts dot gov. Well, that's a long one. That is a long I, one. I don't know if anybody's going to remember that one, but you can, can they also, just Google Lost in the um, Law? We don't have a website at this time, but okay. you could um, look at the Milwaukee Justice Center website and our contact um, box, a volunteer contact box, and just reach me through there. Okay. And that's milwaukeejusticecenter.org. Oh, that's easier. That's easier. Yeah, that's yeah, easier. Much okay. easier. <laughs> milwaukeejusticecenter.org. Okay. Well, um, Mary, I'm curious, what, what message do you want to leave with our listeners about the Milwaukee Justice Center? I think it's really important that everyone understands that the justice system is a publicly funded system that is supposed to be for everyone, but yet you it is required that you have a specialized knowledge to access it. And so it's up to all of us to help increase that access to justice um, and, and further people's ability to um, solve their legal problems together. Okay. Well, thank you for being here today, Mary, and helping us understand more about the civil legal system and how we might be able to give help or receive help. And thank you, Jim, for sticking around. Um, Thank you both for being so passionate about the work that you do uh, to serve the Milwaukee and surrounding areas. if, if you took a break from jamming to your favorite tunes to take a listen to us this morning, thank you. If you like what you heard and you want more information, you can reach out directly to the nonprofits we interview or to me uh, to find out how you can get help or offer help. Uh, if you're a nonprofit and you like the idea of being highlighted for the great work that you do, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or call our office at 262 262- Six nine one thirty two hundred to find out how you can become a guest on the show. So tune in every Sunday morning to News Talk eleven thirty WISN at ten a.m. to learn more about one of the twenty thousand plus nonprofits in our southeastern Wisconsin area that are doing great things. You can tune in on the AM dial, or you can use your laptop or your tablet and go to News Talk eleven thirty dot com. You can download the iHeartRadio app on your phone. So lots of ways you can do that. If you were in church, which is a great place to be on Sunday mornings, uh, or if you missed the show for any other reason, or maybe you're just one of those people that like to listen on your own schedule, you can visit our website at ellenbecker.com to see the list of previously aired interviews, or you can listen on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and Apple Podcast. Take the time to hear about all the wonderful things that are going on in our community and find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a wonderful Sunday.